Welcome to the My Money, My Lifestyle podcast with me, your host, Maya Fisher-French. This week, I chatted to Discovery Life's Deputy Chief Executive, Gareth Freelander. This, after their announcement, uh, Discovery Life's announcement, that they would be uh, possibly risk-rating new clients when it came to whether or not they had been vaccined. This has caused a little bit of a furore, and uh, Gareth Freelander really unpacks why Discovery Life has made this decision. And this is a podcast worth listening to, because I think people are spending a little bit too much time uh, talking to their Facebook friends and not enough understanding the data and the figures out there. And I was actually remarkably surprised um, by some of the data that Discovery's Life is seeing, both in terms of the deaths, mortality, the mortality for 45 to 50-year-old people, um, it's, I think, higher than we realize, and also um, the extent to which the vaccine is already proving to be effective. So uh, whether or not you are a Discovery Life customer or client, uh, I suggest you listen on. So I have had the great opportunity to chat to Discovery Life's Deputy Chief Executive, Gareth Freelander, about Discovery Life's announcement this week that sort of set a cat among the pigeons, I think, um, in terms of the fact that they're going to be paying higher max payback rewards to people who've been vaccinated, and also that there could possibly be risk rating associated with uh with people who choose not to take the vaccine. So to clarify this, um, Gareth, let's let's kick off. Uh, I know some of this has been a little bit misunderstood, but maybe we should just start off with this premise of why people are going to benefit from their rewards, you know, if they, if they have the vaccine. So obviously Discovery Life must feel that the vaccine is the right choice. Yes, Maya, thanks. Thanks for your time and the opportunity. I think maybe even one step back, to start off with, um, COVID-19 has had an absolutely devastating impact on society. Over 70,000 reported deaths. We project that that's actually over about 200,000 if you look at excess deaths. Um, so in terms of mortality rates, COVID-19 has had a dramatic impact. Um, and when we look at our numbers as well, you can see we have also we paid over one and a half billion rand in waves one and two, and we'll obviously report on wave three um, in the in the coming weeks. So it, it certainly has a huge impact on the life insurance industry and on mortality uh, rates of individuals in general. Something that we saw come out of the data, which perhaps may be surprising for some, is that while it's true that the actual mortality rate is very age dependent. So an 80 year old has a much higher chance of dying of COVID-19 than a 40 year old. Everyone knows that. But in relative terms, it's not, it's not that clear, you know, because an 80 year old has a higher chance of dying of most things than a 40 year old. So when you look at the increased mortality as a result of COVID-19, you actually find that a 45-year-old has very similar increased relative mortality to an 80-year-old, an um, which was quite an interesting insight that the actual mortality rate percentage increase is quite similar per age. And, you know, that's quite scary to think about as a perhaps younger person who thinks that only the elderly are at risk. In fact, 45, 50-year-olds probably have a slightly higher relative increase in mortality compared to 
to someone who's 75 or 80. So that's very interesting. So what you're saying is that you are seeing an increase in excess deaths among 45 to 50-year-olds. That's basically what you're saying relative to an 80-year-old. Would that be yeah, a right? So increase in excess deaths kind of across the board, I guess, is what I'm saying. And um, that it's, you know, obviously a lot more at the older ages in absolute terms, but in relative terms at an individual level, your risk from COVID-19 uh, increases your mortality in percentage terms, even as a 45 or 50-year-old. Um, and it is very important to, you know, address that risk and we'll come to, to that side of it. So it's had a dramatic impact in mortality rates that we've seen kind of across the board. The good news, sorry, Maya, so you had a question. No, I was going to say it's, it's quite interesting because, I mean, I actually lost two colleagues last week, uh, both who were 40 years old. It was an absolute shock, absolute shock. And, and um, you know, one of them within five days, uh, it was really quick. The other was in ICU for a month. Um, and, and I think those stories are starting, that, that, that penny's dropping, that people are, young people our age are dying from it and dying awfully um, to sit in ICU for a month. You know, these are, are very, very traumatic events. So I think you're absolutely right. I think we, we, we've kind of haven't, that, that is sort of starting to penetrate now. I think there's very few people who are left not personally impacted. You know, I, I can't imagine you can speak to anyone who doesn't know of someone who has been you know, passed away or, or been hospitalized and gone through a real trauma and tragedy through this. Um, it is pretty dramatic um, in terms of, of mortality. As I, mean, I said, there's a lot. Yeah, so yeah, I keep interrupting you. Yeah. Sorry, so you're probably going to go. I just wanted to clarify. So, so I think for me, that is that, you know, there's that awful personal loss of what you experienced, but also then just the financial, you can take a step back and saying, well, that was a month in ICU and there's a life cover cover. So, so from, a, from a pure insurance perspective, these figures are real. Absolutely. Um, and they certainly do have an impact. And, you know, this is what we're here for, to be there for our clients um, at these terrible times and be able to, you know, provide the relief to, to these families. Uh, but it certainly comes at, at a big cost to the life insurance industry. Um, but, you know, um, that, that is ultimately, uh, we've got to be here to deliver on our promise in, in these very trying and challenging times. The, the good news, <laughs> let's, get, let's kind of go there. There is light at the end of the stark tunnel, and that is that vaccinations are proving extremely effective. Um, when you look at some of the large-scale international studies, we're seeing vaccinations being about 95% effective, um, even against the latest Delta variant, um, and that is effect, efficacy against hospitalization. So, you know, given an infection, if 100 people would have got hospitalized um, having not been vaccinated, only five of that 100 will be hospitalized having been vaccinated. Um, a similar study in the uh, Financial Times last week also kind of talked about, you know, in a fully vaccinated population where 92% of the population are vaccinated and 8% aren't, you'll see hospitals have about 50% more unvaccinated people in the hospital. 
So despite that only coming from the 8% unvaccinated pool, about 60% of your hospitalizations will be vaccinated or will be unvaccinated. Um, doesn't mean you won't ever see a vaccinated person in hospital, but it's completely disproportionate. And Gareth, is age playing a, a role there as well? So, so vaccinated elderly are, could, are the ones who are most likely still to, to be in hospital. Uh, are you seeing yes. an age bias there as well? You certainly are. Um, and, you know, I think with, with many vaccines around the world, there's a, a slight deterioration in efficacy with age, but it's, it's working at all ages. Um, it's still highly effective. And it's just that you're, you're off a higher base. So, you know, with uh, of older clients who are unvaccinated, you'll get a lot of deaths and a lot of hospitalizations. Um, and that higher base is, is reduced significantly through vaccination. So we're seeing it um, be extremely effective. Um, almost, the, almost the entire risk um, that has come through and mortality can be eradicated through vaccination. Um, and as a life insurer, that's extremely important for us, obviously, for, for obvious reasons. It's good for our clients, it's good for society at large, and it certainly from our perspective will mean paying out much lower claims um, in the future um, if we can get as many of our base vaccinated as possible. Um, and on the back of that, uh, last week we were very proud to announce um, that we've become the first life insurer in the market to reward clients for being vaccinated. Um, we released what we called our vaccination maximum payback special offer. And effectively how it works is a new client who applies for life cover today, that if they either are vaccinated or commit to being vaccinated, we will guarantee them their highest possible payback of their life premium. So depending on, on their policy construct, that could mean that they actually get 100% of their first year premiums back just for being vaccinated. A really powerful offer, um, you know, manifesting from a reduced mortality rate um, that is obviously um, creates value uh, for us in our book. Now, Gareth, that is the carrot. Um, and, and like and like Discovery's Vitality Rewards, you know, they reward people for going to gym. They don't penalize you if you don't go to gym, but if you go to gym, you know, we're, we're going to reward you because you're going to be healthy. But there was also the statement that you could consider looking at premiums of new business. And that, I have to tell you, set, I mean, you know, that really people had huge different views on it <laughs> in social media. Um, obviously, that those people who believe in the vaccine felt this was a very good move because they said, why should I be carrying the risk of other people who choose not to be vaccinated? But obviously, those people who say, but I choose not to be vaccinated, this is biased against me, are very angry. So how do you, how is Discovery Life positioning this? So I think let me make the first point that, you know, we're not um, by any means going against the fact that a client has their individual choice. We all, we respect that fully and everyone has their choice on whether to be vaccinated or not. Life insurance, however, has for many, many years now, individually rated people based on their individual risk factors. It's a very well accepted principle and practice in life insurance. If you smoke, you are rated based on what we've observed smoker mortality to be. If you undertake hazardous, hazardous pursuits, likewise, we can potentially increase the premium in line with the risk 
um, that has been shown through those pursuits. So it's not a new concept. Um, life insurance individually rates clients based on gathering information through the underwriting process and then applies rates to clients that are appropriate to their risk. And as we've been through, COVID is a, a huge risk factor. It increases mortality rates significantly. Vaccination, we've seen through the statistics, basically eradicates that risk. And therefore, clients who indicate that they're not willing to get vaccinated may, through that whole process of applying for a life insurance policy, may be rated upwards in line with a whole bunch of other information that we collect about them up front, their age, their other risk factors, um, and we will calculate whether there would be a loading applied to the premiums that are appropriate to the increased risk associated with what we've seen to be an unvaccinated um, COVID risk. And just to clarify, um, you are not. This is, would not apply to existing Discovery Life members. So, dis existing Discovery Life members uh, clients would not um, have have their their premiums changed. This is only for new business. Absolutely. So, our existing clients came in on their terms and conditions. They've got premium guarantees um, in their contract, and nothing's changing on existing clients. Obviously, if an existing client wants to increase cover. Uh, that's kind of viewed, that, that new tranche of cover um, would be viewed in the same light as, as new business. But on cover already in place, um, there will be no change at all for existing clients. So, yeah, it's an opportunity uh, for new clients, though, to get vaccinated and get um, this, this really powerful offer um, of their maximum payback or up to 100% of their premiums back. And Gareth, I mean, it's quite interesting. We, you know, we're looking at, at, at the vaccine for the individual, the vaccine for, you know, you, you are more likely to survive COVID if you have the vaccine. But also from a society's perspective, you know, how, how does one, one, one look at that? Again, you know, it, it is about risk pools and saying, well, you know, we know that if you have a room full of vaccinated people, they are a lot less likely to transfer COVID between each other and they're a lot less likely to get sick from it. So, you know, the importance of, of a lot of people getting the vaccine. Um, and has, has Discovery Life looked at any of those figures, just sort of, you know, the importance of just lowering the transmission? Because I think we all want to be able to walk out our doors one day without masks, be able to join our families, um, you know, and if, if every, is it better that everyone around the table is vaccinated, I suppose? Absolutely, and you're seeing it all around the world. You know, if you look at the UK, it's kind of opened up completely. Um, we, we've, we're certainly starting to see it already. It's early days, obviously, but we're starting to see it in our data. We've seen already a 47% lower infection rate for vaccinated clients at least three weeks after their first shot. So that's, that's, that's pretty um, impressive numbers that are starting to emerge already. So that it reduces your chance of actually contracting and therefore spreading COVID. And once you've got COVID, very effective in terms of reducing your probability of, you know, adverse symptoms and, and certainly hospitalization and death. So it works at an individual level in terms of making sure you're safe, but also very much so at a societal level. Um, and that obviously has all sorts of spin-offs, not only in terms of mortality rates for insurance companies, but all sorts of things about getting back to 
getting the economy back up and running, reducing the burden on the healthcare system and, and everything that we all know about. That's very interesting that the first dose, I'm assuming you're meeting Pfizer here, the first dose already is, is reducing uh, transmission by 47%. I mean, that, given that we're in the middle of the Delta variant, that is really significant. Um, and the, and just by the way, have you, has Discovery Life got enough or seen enough uh, information around the difference between J&J &J and, and Pfizer in terms of coverage? I, I, I asked this question purely because I got J&J. &J. Um, I went, and uh, they brought out the new J&Js, and that's when I got, my husband said Pfizer. So it's quite an interesting, uh, yeah, do, do, are they having a similar uh, efficacy rate? My lots of debates, we've read a lot about it. It seems that um, from all the studies I've read, the J&J is also extremely effective. Um, so, you know, it's, our view on it is get vaccinated, and um, it will be better for society. I mean, there's slight differences from one uh, vaccine to the next, but the answer is no, we haven't actually got that level of data uh, that's been published yet. I'm sure it will come out in due course, but um, we actually haven't released a, you know, kind of uh, vaccine brand specific study yet. Sorry, Gareth, I've just actually thought about something as well, because one of some of the questions I got around it was that, oh, well, would discovery pay out if I had, if I died from side effects from the vaccine or I developed a chronic illness because of the vaccine? I mean, obviously you would, but it's not like, yeah. So maybe just clarify that point as well. Because it's, it actually has been asked a lot and there were some myths flying around the industry that you would use that not to pay claims. Uh, unequivocally, we would pay those claims. Absolutely. You will never not be eligible for a life insurance claim as a result of having been vaccinated. Obviously, any claim will be assessed based on the terms and conditions of the benefit under which you're claiming, but the vaccine is not going to disqualify you in any way for a life insurance claim. You can rest easy that if there are the very, very rare scenarios where there are adverse effects to the vaccine, it will certainly not um, have any impact on your ability to claim under your life policy. Well, I mean, no, Gareth, I, I'm, I want to thank you for, for chatting to me about this and, and you know, for, for all my followers to listen to this, because I think, you know, one of the things that I always say is that everyone says, well, You've follow the money, who's making the money, money out of all of this. And one thing I know is insurance don't like the paying out when they don't the city need press, to pay out, okay? Finance so pages. everyone says, oh, those greedy insurers, they never want to pay out. Exactly. So if an insurer doesn't want to pay out, they are just telling you right now by, 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 by uh, providing max payback, by looking at premiums, that they believe you are better off having the vaccine. That is what the data is telling you. So, you know, we can stop all the arguments and all the Facebook friends who think differently. Insurance companies, you know, they follow the data. They follow the money. Absolutely. We're not um, tied in any way to any other agendas other than the, the statistics. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we certainly let the data do the speaking and it's been unequivocally um, successful when you look at all the studies around the world in terms of the efficacy of vaccines. Um, so we're extremely encouraging and supportive of the vaccination effort um, right across the country and hopefully we can get back to some sort of normality and get our economy back up and running as well and keep ourselves and our, our friends and family safe.